0: Uh, hey patrons of Scoots I wanted to uh, thank you uh, So much uh, for supporting the show And uh, hope you're having a great 2018 uh, uh, Snuggle in Good night uh, Hey are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing Trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep well, Welcome This is Sleep With Me The podcast that puts you to sleep We do it a bedtime story All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, you know, whatever's keeping you awake. Whether something uh, temporary, something long-term, travel. I'd like to take your mind off that and help you fall asleep. So what I'm going to do uh, to create a safe place is, one, I hope you feel welcome and invited and that you'll be treated with something even more than dignity and respect, uh, because I'm glad you're here. And while this podcast doesn't work for everybody, I really uh, hope it can help you fall asleep. So come on in. Come on in. Uh, i got a nice uh, spot here uh, just for you. And what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, dulcet tones. I don't know what you think about them. Uh, maybe give it a few tries and see what you think. In uh, pointless meanders, or in this episode, we're going to be talking in about a little while about a, a Doctor Who episode where the phrase "off on a wander" comes up. Uh, so maybe we'll talk about wandering and wondering, uh, which are two. Uh, things heavily used in this podcast now if you're new here here's a couple of things to take note of or be aware of uh the, the structure of the show what to expect uh the first to four minutes or so uh our business and a warm-up and uh like either sponsors or listener support and the thank yous for the people that worked on the episode it's a sleep podcast so we have to do that up front and that is what enables us to keep over 600 archives for free, archived episodes free, and keep the show going uh, with all the work that goes into it to make it, uh, is, is make the best sleep podcast we possibly can. So that's the first four minutes. Then there's an the intro which we've started. We're about two minutes in the intro. The intros are around 12 minutes or so. And they're high like regular listeners seem to really love the intros or, or skip them. So if you want to skip the intros, the timestamps are in there and you could skip straight ahead to the episode discussions or the stories. Uh, but the intro is kind of a show within a show, ideally to make you feel welcome, ideally to put you at ease. Uh, if you're new to set the stage, some people fall asleep as soon as the intro starts. Some people fall asleep during the intro. Some people use the intro to get ready for bed, or it's just part of, like, uh, setting the mood. So there's a 12-minute intro. Then we'll talk about a uh, doctor who, in the most meandering way possible, for about 45 minutes. And then the episode ends with some thank yous. Uh, so it's a structured show. All told, I'll be here about an hour. And the reason the shows are about an hour is because I don't want you to feel any pressure to fall asleep. This isn't like a sleep solution that it should work for you. Or you should use it in a certain way. I'm kind of overall that as a person that has trouble sleeping, I'm over. Oh, you just got to do this, or oh, if you did this, you'd sleep. Uh, that just kind of bums me out. I say, Well, I can't sleep. I don't, I don't know why tonight. Uh, or I don't know what's up. Like, uh, I should be tired, but I'm not, or I should like, uh, like I don't want to, I don't want to deal with any of that. This is just offering like a friend, uh, it's close and as friendly as I can make it, it to be there. Just like if you were, had a roommate or a friend that would come over and keep you company and just talk about goofy stuff. Uh, like I know we've all had those relationships, but it's not there all the time of like somebody you could just call and fall asleep when you're on the phone with them or lie there and they keep talking and you say, Oh, Martha, go ahead. Tell me all about your day, like at the, uh, well, yeah, the uh the Bisquick Bake Off Regionals. Uh, tell me again about setting up your workstation, and 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 this isn't to degrade that or anything. Just and do it in a ton of detail. You know, Martha would probably be excited to share that with you because it was a very special, meaningful event. You know, the regional you know, cause you probably had to get from the local to the regional for the biscuit, you know, whatever bake, bake off. Uh, but you know, when someone's in deal, okay, well, oh boy. Well, first thing I did was I brought my own contact paper because I can't just be putting my stuff straight on the workstation they provided. And so let me tell you about what I think about choosing contact paper, cause it's not the kind of contact paper you'd use in a drawer, but it actually is. And I said to myself, uh, what do I need this contact paper to do for me? at the regional bake off. Uh I need it to hold my balls. Uh I need it to maintain a clean and orderly work area. I need it to not distract me, but also maybe I'm going to need a little bit of extra, a little bit of extra inspiration. And so I get these laughing I get this laughing kitten uh, uh contact paper because when I feel you know then I look at the kitten's laughing and it reminds me why I'm really here because, you know, obviously I'm trying to win this bake off, uh, you know, for, for, for the home for laughing kittens. Uh, that's where, you know, if I get to the big prize, that's where it's going. But believe me, I did struggle, you know, it was very hard. You know, I did a lot of searches online and then I just started going to every store that may carry a high level varieties of contact. So you could see, like, that Martha's level of detail, you could have trouble paying attention to it. But it, 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 there's a social compact in this world that says, well, geez, you're still supposed to listen and, and be polite. With this podcast, you don't have to listen. Like, the social co- the compact is, I'll be talking, you do whatever you wish. Uh, ideally, you fall asleep, but some some listeners don't. That's why I'm here an hour to keep you company the whole time. Uh, whether I'm talking contact paper or, uh, contact, whatever it is, like, uh, whether like uh, I'm trying to say in contact, uh, ready for lunch, uh, contact is the answer, the solution, the reason, the moment everything happens, you know, whether, whatever uh, form of it is, you know, I'll be here, uh, but you don't need to listen to me. So no pressure to fall asleep. You don't really need to listen to me. And how it works is ideally uh, kind of like that, like I explained, like, uh, I, I, I try to give it a little bit more structure, but I guess I'll be talking about Dr. Who in the same way, you know, Martha be setting up. So you see, well, it's kind of pleasant listening to Martha talk about, uh, like, okay, so how here's another question I had, Martha, while you were talking earlier is like, uh, you know, contact paper only comes in those like strips of, uh, what is it? like thirty six inches? Uh, so how did you decide, uh, because your workstation I'm assuming is much more than 36 inches. What are we talking like seven feet? Oh yeah. Seven feet. Uh, is the exact specifications for the BB bake-off, uh, yeah, seven feet by eight is, uh, five feet. Uh, so yeah, it was a, it was a decision. I did decide, uh uh, I was trying to decide and I did decide to overlap my contact paper because I didn't want like a little gap and then having a bowl bump. Uh, but then, you know, there is a different way, you know, it was a tough, this, it was a tough choice. Uh, and of course, and then the kit. I tried to line up the kid laughing kittens. So it did seem seamless. Uh, uh, but that's how I decided. But then I look at it like, like there is those bumps, uh, from the overlap. Uh, so then I consider it, uh, like I have area one, area two, and area three. And I pretend all those areas of uh, the kittens are, you know, they're all part of the same team, but they each are a different part of the team. So they're cheering me on in different ways, uh, while we do things. Uh, so, you know. There's a team, you know, team, uh, you know, team sift is team sift. That's our first team for sifting, but anything related to, you know, not just sifting. They don't just, you know, that team is much more than sifters, but they're there to cheer me on in those sifting type roles. Uh, uh, then we have team mixing. Now believe me, there's like two two kinds of mixing, of course. Uh, so this is team dry mix. Uh, I just call them the dries. uh, the dries, uh, and then there's the wet, wet mixing. Uh, and yeah, we, we do, so we do it and they'll cheer on and I'll say, Hey, how's it going? How am I doing? And it see, keep stirring. Uh, whoa, you know, I just, you know, it's a kind of a form of self action. Maybe it's, I don't know. I believe the kittens believe in me and I believe in me because the kittens believe in me. And, you know, I know it's just contact paper, but it works. Uh, and that's how I got from the locals to the regionals. Uh, and like I said, uh, the home for the laughing kittens, uh, you know, only stands to benefit. So the kittens really are cheering me on from afar, but that's a different set of kittens. And I, I actually, they don't really, I try to put it on and I, I have one TV that played my uh, local competition. You know, the kittens, they don't seem interested. If you ignore them... They'll be interested, but these, the contact paper kittens, they cheer right along for me. So anyway, I'm uh, sorry. Scoots back here. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you, Marcia. That was like uh, holy moly. You don't have a book, do you like uh, or audio book, uh, where I could read along and listen along because that is, uh, like re- really, really like I, I always respect a great level of uh, commitment to detail like I do on this podcast. And that's kind of how the podcast works, just the same way. I mean, I guess that it's not the same way because Martha's just like in my brain. Really, I am Martha and the Laughing Kittens. Uh, and we're all here to help you fall asleep, to take your mind off stuff, uh, to uh, make bedtime a little bit less stressful, a little bit less lonely if it is uh, there, out there in the deep, dark night. Because I've been there, and I really do believe you deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, you deserve some comfort, you, relief. That bedtime doesn't have to be something that you dread. They, You can look at it like a laughing kitten. And you say, well, I've never seen a kitten laugh before. And they'd say, well, these kitten, these laughing kittens, they laugh at bedtime. And they say, well, it's no no, no thing, man. I'm going to fall asleep or I'm going like, to not fall asleep. I'm going to listen to Scoots. Like, uh, I'm going to play with some contact paper, you know, because the leftover contact paper, we get to play with it. So it's the, it's the best. Uh, that's why I'm laughing. Uh, so I'll be here. And, again, if you've been listening, I, I bet the podcast took your mind off of stuff. Uh, but the podcast doesn't work for everybody. Some people kind of um, make some kind of, you know, d- dislike it strongly, I, I would say. And that's fine. But give it a few tries. Uh and see if it helps you. It's no pressure. I'm only here to help. Uh, This is the way I can help. Uh, But there's other stuff out there, LibriVox and audiobooks, uh, you know, in our time, uh, just, you know, classical radio, uh, pink noise, uh, like uh, binaural beats, uh, all those kind of things. So, so, but I hope this podcast can help you. If if you're looking for something that's a little bit more uh, personal, but also goofy, it's a little bit more like, uh, somebody sitting down and telling you a bedtime story, but it's about kittens on, uh, contact paper. Maybe this spy cast will help. Uh, and that's all I can say. And I really appreciate you uh, coming by. And I work very hard uh, because I strive and I yearn to help you fall asleep. Uh, so thanks again for uh, checking me out. Uh, let's keep the show going. All right, we were, So we're talking season four, episode season one, episode four: Aliens of London. And uh, this was this is a two part episode, but you know we'll be doing it in two parts as well. And I'm just watching the recap where Rose does a slow motion run into the TARDIS, but then this episode opens back in Rose's neighborhood, and the TARDIS uh, reappears. There's graffiti and there's paper as it kind of reappears in, like, a plaza side street. And Rose and the doctor walk out. The doctor's leaning on the uh, TARDIS, crossing his arms. Both are laughing. And Rose is giving him a finger wag, saying, hey, I'll be back. Uh, I'm going to go see my mom. Yeah, But the doctor's kind of soaking it all in, and he's, like, enjoying, I don't know if it's the sunshine or... Like, his Rose gives him, like, a wagging finger, like, don't you go anywhere, mister. Uh, his relationship with Rose, but he kind of kicks a can, and then he's walking around, they see somebody, he walks with a purpose, and it's a to a Rose saying, hey, like, uh, any, anybody uh, have Rose get a hold of me, stat, because uh, the doctor had told Rose, hey, we're, we've only been gone, like, a week or two. And this is really like, uh, where I guess like, uh, you really see like, there's a lot of emotionally deep moments in, uh, in doctor who, uh, and maybe cause it's just these four main characters or two main characters. And then slowly we're getting to know, uh, uh, Jackie Rose's mom and, uh, uh, Rose's boyfriend, uh, Ricky, Mickey, uh. But the doctor sees something, and then Rose walks into her apartment, her mom's apartment. She says, hey, mom, I'm back. Uh, Where were you around? Uh, And mom kind of stares at her in shock, uh, like exhausted shock, and drops her coffee cup or her teacup. And then we go back to the doctor who sees, oh, uh," they say, hey, haven't seen, anybody seen Rose ever give me a call? I haven't talked to her in a year. Then we switch back to mom who uh we kind of get more reveals she, she gives rose a big hug says hey sweetie cakes uh and we see more and more pa- pa- pictures uh uh that mom's been looking and the doctor runs in he goes oh by the way we haven't been gone 12 hours we've been gone 12 months a whole year and he kind of laughs he says oh sorry about that uh but you can see kind of like rose was trying to play it off like she slept over at her best friend's house uh uh, that her mom's uh, like, uh, not okay with things that she's been really missing Rose and wondering and not knowing that Rose was uh, traveling through space and time. And then we have the opening and then we see a kid, a sprop apply plates, uh, spray paints, uh, my handwriting bad wolf on the TARDIS uh, and then bikes off, uh, and I looked up Bad Wolf, but it was way too much of a reveal. And then Dr. W- oh, he is wearing a watch, I noticed. They put question mark uh, the, 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 the first time. His hands are crossed, and uh, Rose and her mom and a Bobby or whatever, like an uh, officer, are kind of discussing things. Rose uh, chewing her nails, uh, and her mom's not happy. She says, well, she Rose just... Uh, uh, she moved out, moved out with this guy and I don't, I want to know where she's been. Uh, she's really upset. Uh, she goes, you just been traveling around with this dude. What are you like 40? I was like, ouch. Uh, it didn't, I didn't appreciate that. Uh, and she goes, well, you didn't bring your passport. So obviously you weren't overseas and you're just not telling me the truth. Uh. And then she says, uh, she, she says, like, uh, like, what do you mean? Like, uh, where are you been? Whatever. Uh, and the, the policeman goes, uh, what do you mean you two are com- traveling companions? What is it? Cause the doctor tries to say, oh, well, I employed Rose was my traveling companion. And, uh, uh, the, the, the policeman says, what do you mean? What's a traveling companion? What does that D- define that relationship? Uh and they both act and rose say no no there's no need to define the relationship we're just traveling companions uh like do uh, like uh, it was uh, there's maybe some underlying tension we can't identify but who knows uh and then she goes what are you uh, online doctor uh, and he goes i am a doctor and she goes stitch this mate which i thought was a great uh, turn of phrase uh then there's a real uh, tender moment in the kitchen with rose and her mom uh, with real feelings. Cause Rose almost laughed when the doctor got his stitch, this mate, uh, yeah, but they have this real moment in the kitchen cause Rose's mom's like, you know, this is isolation of not knowing, uh, and Rose is like, well, I'm feeling isolation, not being able to tell you where I've been. Uh, so they have this moment where there, there's a gap between them. that can't be, uh, uh, well can't be breached or whatever. Uh, then Rose and the doctor are kicking it on a green screen roof, uh, and they're kind of laughing, uh, after this emotional moment, uh, and because uh, the mom's like, why don't you just call me and tell me where you were? Uh, and Rose, I mean, basically Rose says, oh, geez, I was traveling time and space. I didn't think I'd be gone a year. I thought I'd be back in 12 hours, but then they're kind of d- laughing, uh, uh, and Rose says, how, "How was the last year?" The doctor says, "Middling." And she's like, "Geez, you're so useless." And the doctor kind of is like, "Well, geez, does this mean you're done traveling with me?" And Rose is like, "I don't know." Uh, and she goes, and doctor goes, "By the way, your mom's not coming." And Rose laughs. They both laugh. She goes, "Yeah, no way." The doctor goes, "I don't do families." Uh, he goes, "I've never been stitched by somebody's mother before." uh. And they laugh, and she's like, "Quit, qu- quit being a clown!" Uh, and then he goes, "Wait, she goes, wait, you're nine hundred years old!" Uh, and the doctor goes, "Yeah." And she then she says it. She goes, "That is one heck of an age gap." Uh, she goes, you see, "Every time I talk to you, it's uh, crazy." She goes, "This other thing I miss is having somebody to connect with." Uh, she goes because i've seen all this wacky stuff like aliens and i'm the only person on earth that knows they exist and then right after that uh, an alien spaceship crashes into big ben and the rose and the doctor watch it from the roof and rose is like you gotta be kidding me and it has a truck horn sound effect uh rose is standing up at that point uh she rubs her wrists sometimes nervously uh yeah, there's a truck horn sound effect with a spaceship with engine trouble, which causes Big Ben trouble, which ends up in the Thames. Uh uh r- r- Doctor cracks up, uh then Rose cracks up, then London we see London reacting with a lot of bad traffic. And Rose and the doctor are running to see what's happening. The doctor is very amused. He's like, This is fantastic. Uh whole city's gridlocked, uh all of London's closing down. He goes, I can't believe I made it to see this. Uh, she goes, did you know what was going to happen? He goes, no. He goes, uh have no idea what's happening. He's so pleased. Uh, and he goes, we get to see history happening right in front of us. And she goes, let's go. And he goes, well, the traffic's blocked. Uh, she goes, take the TARDIS. He goes, yeah, no, I don't want people taking the tar- noticing the TARDIS. Uh, uh, this is just when people notice stuff, uh, when history's being made. And she goes, well, we could do what everybody else does when history's happening, and we could watch it on TV. And he gives a quizzical look, and then they cut to, like, a TV montage of BBC uh, News 24, and, uh, the, the, like, uh, the actor kind of watching TV alone. Then we see, like, a U.S. show... And they're saying, well, she's like uh, pretty sure someone was in the craft, and uh, you know they're getting they're getting taken care of. AMMN is the US show, and uh, then there's like a, b- a bunch of BBC news, like uh, checking the Thames, uh, checking the ship, uh, and uh, you know everybody's you know state of uh, like uh, figuring it out. Also, they can't find the prime minister right at the wrong time. Uh, the U S president, I think is supposed to address the nation and Jackie and Rose are watching with the doctor, uh, the doctor at one point, he's like totally transfixed his hands on his face. He's uh, totally, uh, like, uh, in the zone, Rose Puffy. Oi, I'm trying to listen. Oh, Rose has a part. Rose's mom has a party and the doctor's like, Oi, I'm trying to, oh, I'm trying to listen. However, they say that he's like, be quiet in there. He leans in. Everybody else is like drinking and socializing. Uh, then there's like, he changes the channel uh, and we see a UFO cake being made. There's a dog in the background. It's like a cooking show. It's hilarious. And then we see like a toddler has gotten the remote, uh, uh, then general and doctor informal Allen. Oh, there's a general, uh, with a doctor, uh, I don't know what formal Allen means. Uh oh, they're like checking out uh it the, 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 the alien and saying, Okay, like let's uh aliens go on to the big farm, we think, uh and it, it's real, uh the doctor says. And then the the general's like, Real? And she goes, Yeah, totally. He goes, Oh snap, uh put it away. We also see it has a snout snout, uh And then this doctor, not the doctor, but this doctor, she says, what about the prime minister? Is that true? He goes, can't talk about it. Uh, uh, Then we see more news at 10 Downing Street. Cinnamon of sugar meets MI guy. I don't know what that means. Uh, Chairman of sugar? Uh, I'll follow the dialogue. Uh, Meets MI guy with briefcase. Oh, and then we meet Harriet Jones. Uh, So let's see here. Uh, let's see the the dialogue from that. That'll be interesting. Okay. So we have Joseph Green and then there's a junior second uh, secretary, Indra. He's in a suit. I I was calling him the suit. Uh, then there's Harriet Jones. She's the MP for fly down North. Uh, and she's like, I got a three fifteen appointment and they this is like, there's a couple different points of this is total mansplaining. I think. Cause he goes, she goes, I have an appointment at three fifteen. He goes, yeah. And a spaceship crashed in the middle of London. Uh, I think the schedule may have changed. Uh, and he said, that's what people are talking about. Like, come on, dude. Uh, like save the snark. Uh, like, shouldn't somebody say, Hey, uh, a spaceship just crashed. Can you put uh, the snark to rest, please? And the two dudes walk away from, uh, Harriet, uh, and then they talk about it, uh, this is like this new character who's the now the acting prime minister. And he also has gas, uh, really bad gas, which becomes an the ongoing theme. And then they go, okay, this is, he, he introduces, uh, the new prime minister, uh, to another woman, uh, Margaret and Oliver, And they say, yeah, we can't find, the prime minister's like, uh, we can't find him." Uh, and they go, okay, let's go into the cabinet room and have a meeting. And then Indra, the secretary, the, who I'm calling the suit, uh, he actually looks good in a suit. The other, uh, person with the gas looks gassy in a suit, uh, but he says, don't forget about the emergency protocols, dude, uh. You know, this is like the big, the, you know, big plans in this uh, briefcase, and he goes, "Okay, great." And then he has gas again, and uh, they they go into the, the, the cabinet room, and uh, say, "Okay, what the heck?" Uh, they're all laughing and say, "Okay, these are some sort of alien conspirators." It's pretty clear, even though they're humans, uh, they're up to something. Uh, let's see, new news, dude uh chairman of sugar maybe he was the chairman of sugar that's what his job was before uh uh i think it was he's like it was something like that yeah here's when the if you want to see the mansplaining there's a couple other incidents but this one that's at 1245 uh at jerk level i put uh two other politicians secret allied access codes uh uh, then we're at Rose's house. The doctor's trying to sneak away and bolt. Uh, he sees a poster of Rose, and Rose comes out. Uh, she goes, uh, she suspects something, but the doctor deflects with humor. It was just a little too humor human in there. He goes, you guys always, like, I'm trying to follow the news. Uh, I'm just going to go for a walk. And Rose goes, you're up to something. And he goes, well, he goes, this is a big day for humanity. First contact. Uh, He goes, I got to stay out of the way for you all to handle it. He goes, this is when the human race grows up. Uh, He goes, this morning you were small and tiny and made of clay. Now you can expand. And he's laughing. And He goes, Rose, go spend history with your mom. And she goes, you're not leaving. Really? And he goes, here's my keys. I wouldn't leave. Uh, I'm not up to anything. See you later. And, uh, like, uh, let's see. Gross. There's then there's a totally WTF moment coming up. Uh, he goes, "Oh, I'm off on a wander." I liked that. Uh, but then he goes to bolt anyway. He just goes straight for the TARDIS. There's all these alien, uh, well, alien landing people having parties. Then we see Mickey. He's on the roof smelling his uh, football trainers, uh, that are like in a case on the roof of his apartment building, which is uh, I was like WTF. Uh, then he spots the doctor and runs after him. But the doctor's already in the tar- TARDIS and gone, gone. He goes, oh, my gosh, doctor. Uh, but he, as he runs after it, we see the doctor starting up the TARDIS, uh, you know, spinning, running, pumping, uh, open mouth, staring, uh, getting the energy, get it, gets it going. And Mickey doesn't make it in time. He actually just misses the TARDIS, crashes into a wall uh, to, to, to kind of continue his goofiness, uh, TARDIS uh, trouble the region, regional control, uh, I don't know what that means, we'll see what it means, uh, you know, the dar- doctor's in TARDIS, uh, and he gets him moving, and, uh, let's see, oh, you know, he has to hit something with a hammer a few times, uh, and then we see 10 Downing Street, uh, we're back with Harriet Jones, uh, who gives uh, the suit a cup of coffee, and I really loved this scene, uh, I put stars, so we'll run through it slow, uh, there's team, there's charm, and then there's extra aggro mansplaining, and then she has this wonderful look at the end, uh, and she goes in and sees the briefcase and the secret documents. Uh, But she says, here's some coffee. He goes, yeah, you still can't see anybody. You're not important enough or whatever. She goes, oh, you've seen through my cunning plan. And he goes, it's not possible for you to talk to the new prime minister. She goes, not even for two minutes. uh," She goes, I don't get a chance to come here often. I'm just a faithful backbencher. And even though we have this brave new world on our doorstep, uh, there's still, it's probably great, uh, but ordinary life keeps going. And she goes, I got to enter this paper into, like, the courts or whatever. And then the um, new prime minister and his two sidekicks go to leave. She goes, oh, Mr. Green, could you put this on the cabinet agenda? And he goes, what is it? She goes, it's for cottage hospitals. Like, it worked out a system where they don't need to be excluded from centers of excellence. Uh, you know, fly down infirmary. And he goes by by. This is the extra, he goes by all saints. Uh, get some perspective, woman. I'm busy now. He's not human, but but he's just a jerk. Uh, and they said, "Holy cow, she's just trying to you know do her job." Uh, and like, with this this when she goes in and sees the secret papers uh, and the secret plans, and it blows her mind. Uh, so it worked out, I guess. Uh, then. Uh, a secret briefcase. Then the doctor, not the regular doctor, a, a doctor, uh, the doctor that was working late. Uh, she hears a noise, and it's the TARDIS, which is in a storage room behind a bunch of boxes and stuff. Uh, and the doctor comes out with his box uh, out of the boxes with his screwdriver, and uh, he walks into a room of soldiers who try to bust him. Meanwhile, the the doctor. A doctor that was working with the alien that went to the big farm realizes the alien woke up uh, in the number five. uh, So she's like, what the heck? And then the doctor tells all the soldiers, defense plan Delta. And then it's action time, because number five is alive, just like in the movie. And he's running around. Also, there's a cool flu banner on the wall for, hey, don't get the flu. Doctor's like, spread out clear this room uh, and then he sees the doctor says it's uh, the alien's still here and the doctor crawls around he says hello it's a pig man in a spacesuit," uh and uh the, the, then the pig man in the spacesuit really does go to the big farm uh then we cut back and uh harriet is still reading from the briefcase uh and the general the big general is talking to the prime minister and his sidekicks about uh uh stuff And the like the uh, prime minister's getting all uppity and the guy goes you're only prime minister by default bro i'm the general so he goes i, had, I could care less uh uh like uh, i'm running like i'm the military's running the show uh, now and the guy goes, uh, well, you know, maybe not. Uh, this is fun. And they go, yeah, yeah, this job is fun. And then they're gassy again. And the sidekicks are doing it. Uh, and the general goes, where's the rest of the cabinet? They're supposed to be here according to the protocols. And they go, oh, no, no, no more cabinet. Uh, and then they start acting really weird, like wicked gassy. And they say, one of the people says, I'm shaking my booty. And the general says, under emergency five protocols, I'm relieving you of command. And he says, this is, uh, I got to take care of things. And then uh, he unzips, the the prime minister unzips his forehead. And we see some blue light and Harriet's watching from the closets. And, and at least we had already known that these three uh, cabinet members or whatever were up to no good. So... Uh, now the general learns the hard way. And then we have the doctor and the doctor that works in this episode, Dr. Sato, uh, I think is the name. Uh, blue light zippers, uh, the one watches. They're looking at this big uh, and he goes, it's not a real, he goes, this is like, the doctor goes, what is this thing? And he goes, it's like a pig, like, but, but like, he goes, it's like a mermaid, uh, he goes, uh, he goes, this is a regular pig in a space suit, uh, he goes, someone may, he goes, this is more like an animatronic, uh, and, uh, the doctor is not happy about this. He's like a humanitarian and a pet, like a animal lover. And the doctor, she says, well, what about the technology? This is like, uh, why would aliens fake, make fake aliens? Uh, we don't have the technology. And the doctor says, "What?" but he's gone. And she looks up, she says, doctor. And then we hear the TARDIS uh, take off. Uh, yeah, he's not happy. Aliens faking aliens. Why? TARDIS out. Rose's mom's still having a party. Uh, to man here's to m- something that everybody says at the party and uh, then mickey shows up. oh here's to the martians uh, then mickey shows up uh he's not happy with rose or the doctor uh so uh he you know she she says "Geez, you owe me an apology where would you go i'm your boyfriend uh you know obviously this wasn't easy on me and rose goes i didn't think it would be gone for long uh He goes, he goes, she goes, and then Rose's mom hears him talking about the doctor. And Mickey's like, should I tell your mom where you went? Uh, And he goes, by the way, doctor's gone. Some boyfriend he turned out to be. And then Rose runs, uh, and then Mickey runs after her. And Rose runs to where the TARDIS was. She goes, I can't believe you left without me. And Mickey goes, he dumped you, Rose, right into space. Uh. How does it feel left behind with the rest of us earthlings? And Rose goes, but, and then Jack he says, what are you two going on about? Uh, who's this doctor? And Mickey goes, even most. And Rose goes, but I have the T's, the keys. Uh, and Rose goes, by the way, is that my boyfriend? He's much more important than that. Uh, then the TARDIS returns, uh, and Rose is like, see, told you so. And she goes, mom, you don't need to see this, uh, uh, but the TARDIS appears, and, you know, mom's totally, like, uh, stunned, and Mickey's there. And the doctor goes, yeah, sorry, uh, I had to go look. Uh, I couldn't help myself. Uh, uh, let's see. Coming to terms. Uh, oh, yeah, then, then they go back, and mom is alone in her room. Uh, uh Wait, let's see. They're trying to come to terms with seeing you know, all, like, uh, the TARDIS. Oh, and then Mickey's like, is like, hey, doctor, man, like, what the heck? You totally messed up my game. Uh, Like, uh, everybody thought, like, uh, I was dating Rose. And then he he goes, I bet he," he goes, you don't even know who I am, do you? And the doctor goes, you're Ricky. And he goes, no, it's Mickey. And he goes, no, it's Ricky. And he goes, I think I know my name. And the doctor goes, you think, he totally clips his wings. He goes, you think you know your name? And then Jackie, like, looks in the TARDIS, and then is totally stunned. Uh, and then she goes, Mickey, cut it out. Uh, and then Rose is trying to fix things with mom. Uh, then she goes back to the TARDIS, uh, and the doctor's kind of looking at stuff on his screen. Let's see, where are we? She calls the house. Oh, no, we're not there yet. I don't think. uh Mom runs, Rose is back on duty, basically, after her mom runs. She's like, okay, how are we going to fix this situation, and what are they up to? And I think we cut, like, they cut a little part, like, so that we didn't, you know, she goes, that was a real spaceship? Uh, And then the doctor goes, yeah, and she goes, so, but it's not real, like, uh, she goes, what are they doing? Are they invading? And Mickey was funny way to invade, putting the red world on red alert. And the doctor goes, "Yeah, you're right." So what are they doing? And then we see Jackie watching the news and trying to figure out what the heck's going on. Uh, and the stress around, uh, like you know, the, the, the people of London are dealing with with the alien and not knowing what's happening. And then Jackie dials, they show this alien. They go, by the way, if you know anything about these aliens, call us. So so she calls. She thinks about it a couple times, and she calls, and she says, I've seen an alien called the doctor. And then we see, like, an NSA, like, listening thing. The the doctor's name comes up, and it goes to a red alert. Uh, uh, We also see, like, shots back to the TARDIS. Uh, So the suit guy, uh, Indra, he gets a red alert. and, uh, then we have doctor and Mickey and Ricky, uh, I think they also mentioned the TARDIS and stuff when she calls, uh, but the Mickey and the doctor Mickey doctors like working on the TARDIS, like doing something and, uh, he's still giving Ricky and Mickey a hard time. And he goes, I'm trying he goes, why should I explain it to you, dude? I am like working on this, uh. And Mickey, goes. She's some friend you've got, Rose, he, he goes, well, she's like, he's just giving you a hard time. And then Rose apologizes. Uh, and then, you know, they kind of share a tender moment. Like, didn't you, he's like, you know, didn't you miss me? And she goes, yeah, I did miss you. Uh, and she goes, by the way, are you dating anybody? She goes, okay. He uh, goes, mainly no one would date me. And she goes, right, uh. And she, he goes. So you're gonna stay here? And then he goes to kiss her, and the doctor's like, "Oh, I fix things, uh, by the way." Uh, and Rose runs back to the doctor, and they start watching the TV. And then he goes, "Look at," he goes, "The spaceship left the Earth, uh, but then it came all the way back. Uh, it did a slingshot. It took off from the Earth, uh, and then came back." He goes, "So the aliens are here already. What are they up to?" And then we see the general, but clearly he's, like, not the general anymore. He's, like, uh, in a suit. He goes, how's the suit look on me? It was a bit too much ballast around the middle. Harriet's uh, still watching. They go, yeah, we got to figure out this gas exchange uh, thing. And they go, well, it's a human to have gas. Uh, And then uh, we see that the the human things are disguised, like like a costume. Because he puts the costume in this one of the costumes in the suit that Harriet in the closet Harriet's in, and they're like, Okay, let's get back to work. Uh, but then they go to go out, and Indra, the suit's there. He goes, We got a priority nine. Uh, they confirmed code nine. They're like, "Hmm, Code nine, totally. What does that mean again? Uh, and they go, Okay, it's emergency protocols, remember keywords, and the doctor. We found the doctor. And he's like, oh, they're like, oh, okay, the doctor. Who's that again? And they go, he's an expert in extraterrestrial affairs, the ultimate expert, and we need him. And then we go back, and the doctor's changing TV channels to check the news or something. And Mickey's like, well, do you get all the channels on there? Because all the basic packages." Uh, uh, and then uh, there's a report about alien specialties, and the doctor goes, "Oh, I know that. You, you unit, unit if, uh or something. The UN." intelligence on extraterrestrials or something. Mickey's like, by the way, you get a football in there? And the doctor's like, yeah, I get all the games. Uh, and uh, Rose goes, how do you know what that unit is? He goes, Mickey's like, because you work for him. He goes, I've been looking about this doctor. You can find anything. And the doctor goes, that's nice. Good boy, Ricky. And Rose goes, why don't you go tell them who you are? The doctor says, they wouldn't recognize me. I changed uh, since the old days. Plus, everybody's worried. Uh, he goes, so we can't take the TARDIS. He goes, Ricky, you can drive. Uh and they go, where to? He goes, well, we'll go have a look at the spaceship. And then they go out of the TARDIS, uh, uh, but there's, like, uh, helicopters and stuff looking to meet them. But Ricky doesn't get that, so he takes off. Uh, Mom tries to intervene, but she doesn't. Uh, and they doctor and Rose are there and the doctor says, take me to your leader. And then they get in a limo and Rose is like, Jeez, this is posh. I didn't know this was what it'd be like getting busted. He goes, oh, no, we're being escorted. And she goes, where? He goes, it's, it's 10 Downing street. And she's like, uh, you gotta be kidding me. And she totally cracks up. Uh, and she goes, Jeez, I guess Mickey was right then. Uh, or maybe the doctor says that he goes, yeah, he goes, uh, I guess they know who I am. And he, she goes, now they need you. He goes totally to the max. Uh, and they pull up at 10 down issues. There's all press there. The doctor waves at him. Also, he says something about knowing boy, boy George or something. I, uh, oh, uh, I guess I thought it was boy George, but it was Lloyd George, uh, one of the old prime ministers. Uh, and he goes, who's prime minister now. Ross goes, I don't know. Uh, uh, so he waves at the thing, uh, then we see Rose's mom alone. Like, so people like, uh, there investigating that she called the alien hotline and they go, well, maybe your da- daughter c this companion could help. Uh, but then we see the main investigator has gas. He goes, let me talk to Miss Mrs. Tyler on her own. Uh, then we see Harry Jones, like sneak out of the closet, uh, and she's in a room with uh, everybody. All the alien experts are coming in. There's a meeting about to begin. And she goes, she's on Harriet Jones. Uh, fly down north. Uh, and then Indra, Indra the Suka. He goes, okay, everybody, make sure you have your IDs out. You can only go in this room if you have an ID. Doctor, here's your ID. He goes, your companion doesn't have clearance. And the actor goes, I don't go anywhere without her. And he goes, you can only go in there if you have an ID. Uh, so they go, no, she's not a code nine. Uh, and then Harriet's like, doctor, could I have a word with you? Uh, and interest, like, I can't even go in there. So she can't go in and Harry, you definitely can't go in. And she gets says, Not now. We're busy. Can't you go home? And I said, this is like a fricking, uh, government official dude. And the doctor goes, are you sure? He wrote, Rose goes, yeah, I'll just chill out here. And the doctor goes, don't get in any trouble. And then Harry goes, you know what? Uh, uh, she goes, I got to get in there. He goes, you can't, ha- you don't have clearance now. Leave it. Uh, and she goes, well, I'll hang out here with Rose. At least let me be of some use. I thought this was a nice moment, uh, too. And she goes, Rose, walk with me. Just keep walking. And she goes, Harry Jones, MP, fly down north. Uh, and let's see sits down you know, harriet needs a word i'll look after her, just keep walking then we're in the big meeting and the doctor sits down in the, in the back he does this quick scan reading uh he does this quick scan reading and uh, then he just starts holding court he goes uh he gets you ready to i think uh then he holds court but first we switch back to harriet and rose uh here goes this friend of yours. He's an alien expert. And Rose goes, what do you need to know? And then Harriet says, uh, she needs Rose to give her a hug because she's, uh, seen too much. Uh, and it's like, uh, emotionally bubbling up for her. And so Rose takes her in her arms and says, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Uh, then the meeting starts and the doctor starts holding court. Then he goes, all right. He goes, three days ago, he goes, uh. Goes, you missed it, but he was a satellite detected, a little blip of radiation, a hundred fathoms down below the sea. And you were about to look into that, and that's when the pig spaceship came. Is that a diversion or what? And then we see Harriet showing Rose everything, uh, uh, like, uh, everything that she's seen. And she's upset, uh, And then they find the prime minister who has ended up visiting the big farm. Uh, Then Indra comes in, the mansplainer, and he says, that's the prime minister. He say, yeah, do do I need to mansplain that to you? He went to the big farm. And all this trouble I've been trying to tell you about. Then we go into the Downing Street where the doctor's a little too witty. He goes, huh, if aliens fake an alien crash with an alien pilot, what do they get? he goes, oh, wait a second, they get us, uh, it's not a diversion, it's a T-R-A-P. And then the, uh, one of the cat, like one of the aliens in a human suit, basically, she walks in. She goes, have you three been being naughty? And then we see Jackie, uh, Rose's mom with the cap, who's like, uh, have you been, you know, he's like, uh, He's like, let me show you the blue light, uh, like, and then like that, this is just a suit. Uh, and then, uh, we see like, uh, uh, Indra can't believe things. And, uh, uh, the woman who's in an alien suit, she goes, oh, let me show you something. And she goes, I'm going to unzip my forehead. Uh, then back at a meeting, the actor goes, oh, wait, he goes, this is a trick for us. Everyone here in the room, all the alien experts in the world. Uh, and then we see that the uh, general and the prime minister are, have gas. Uh, and the doctor goes, can you not have gas while I'm saving the world? And then they go, but, but dude, we've tricked you. Uh, and they start to unzip their foreheads. Uh, so we have this alien reveal that, oh, we're all, in the, and they look pretty friendly. So they look like kind of uh, uh state puff marshmallow people. Uh, but Jackie's in the kitchen, so she has a little distance between her police alien. Then the doctor and all everyone in that room's kind of busted. And then uh, Rose, uh, uh, Harriet, and Indra are kind of uh, cornered a little bit. And then the, 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 the episode comes to a close to see what's going to happen next week. I tell you what, it's going to be perfectly okay. Uh, next week uh i did want to look up a couple of things that came on this episode from wikipedia a cottage hospital which i was unfamiliar with i kind of guessed but uh is uh, was a small the original concept was a small rural building having several beds the advantages of such a hospital in a village where the preservation of care uh could avoid long journeys uh, uh to county or voluntary hospitals uh uh, facilities uh, could, you know, deal with the emergencies or the, the local fam- physician might be there and familiar with the local people. Uh, uh, you know, if they got referred to someone in the county uh, or if they did, weren't rich. Uh, some of these buildings uh, continue to be known as cottage hospitals until recent times. Uh, in particular, so several are still recognizable within the infrastructure of the NHS, uh, Grand Pain, uh, Dumfries and Galloway in Scotland, Norfolk, and uh, Suffolk in England. Uh, the Alderburg uh, Cottage Hospital is still working as a traditional cottage hospital, yeah, but the term community hospital hasn't been applied uh, more recently. Uh, let's see. Following King Henry VIII's uh, dissolution of the monasteries, uh, only a few hospitals remained in use. Uh, St. Thomas's, St. Bartholomew's, and Bethlehem Hospital. So from the mid-16th century until the voluntary hospital movement in part of the 18th century, there was a dearth of hospital care in the UK. The first hospital created to provide free care through the philanthropic action of doctors and surgeons uh, for the ill was uh, poor, Was uh, the French Hospital in Finsbury, London, uh, the movement developed with the opening of the Westminster Hospital near St. James Park, uh, followed by the commissioning of the St. George's Hospital at Hyde Park. Uh, and over the next 50 years, voluntary hospitals were built across the U.K., uh, with one of the largest opening in Edinburgh in 1729. Uh, funding was problematic in the early years, uh, like uh, as they competed with government, county, and local funding. Uh, the county hospital has received enormous, uh, public charity support, uh, and then there was dispensaries, uh, so, uh, yeah, a little bit about it. So just, a, uh, yeah, a small local, uh, place for care. And Harry Jones was a, a member of parliament for fly Down North, uh, which it looks like is fictional because it's on the Wikipedia fandom, it's the only place they found something, which was a parliamentary constituency in the uh, United Kingdom on Earth. Uh, Harry Jones was the MP for Flydale North, uh, and during her term as prime minister. Huh, that'll be interesting. I guess she's going to be prime minister. Uh, in her many introductions afterwards, she uh, kept introducing herself as the MP for Flydale North. And then two, one phrase and one word that came up that were interesting was middling, M-I-D-D-L-I-N-G, which kind of means not bad, uh, but moderate in aver- or average in size, amount, or rank, uh, or, you know, bulk goods of a medium grade, or fairly or moderately as an adverb. Uh, that's middling. And then off on a wander is something maybe you could work into your vocabulary. I mean, I guess wandering off is different. Like wandering off is kind of seems like unintentional. And it gets you like, can you be, off? yeah, I guess instead of saying I'm going hiking or going off on a wander, instead of saying I'm going for a walk, uh, taking the dog off on a wander, be home in 30-ish. Uh, not sure exactly what, but, you know, because we're going off on a wander. If somebody says, get get some milk, you say, yeah, like, I'm going to go off on a wander. I'll try to get it on the way back. Uh, Or maybe go off on a wander uh, through your dreams. Uh, But thanks uh, so much for listening. And uh, good night.